Welcome to the Conscious Classroom Podcast, where we're exploring tools and perspectives that support educators and anyone who works with teens to create more conscious, supportive, and enriching learning environments. I'm your host, Amy Edelstein, and I'll be sharing transformative insights and easy-to-implement classroom supports that are all drawn from mindful awareness and systems thinking. The themes we'll discuss are designed to improve your own joy and fulfillment in your work and increase your impact on the world we share. Let's get on with this next episode. Hello, welcome to this episode of The Conscious Classroom. My name is Amy Edelstein. It's an amazing moment that we're living in right now. If you are like some of the teachers in my school district, you may have just discovered this week that you're going back to teach in person in two weeks, that you're going to be required to be in school at the end of the month, and then your students are going to arrive a few days later once you've had a chance to set up your classroom for the last month of school after having not visited it perhaps since last March. Wow, that is a big deal. And it's a lot to adjust to in a short period of time. If you haven't already had enough to adjust to, this is really quite something. You're probably feeling relieved. Can you imagine just going to work and leaving home behind? so that you're not helping your children with their schoolwork while you're teaching your students. You're not answering the door for the delivery person or managing the plumber coming by to fix a leak while you're in class or in staff meeting. You'll be able to see your colleagues. You'll be able to go to the break room and decompress with other teachers who understand, who are navigating similar things. And you'll be able to see your students. You'll know who's falling behind. You'll know if they're understanding you. You'll know if they've fallen asleep, if they're with you, or if maybe they're doing something really interesting you didn't know about. You'll be able to connect with them and find out how has their year been? How is their family? Are they okay? So that's the relief. Oh. Teaching is just so much better when you can have that in-person relationship. You can walk around the room, you can get a sense of the dead pockets. You can project your voice, move your body and connect wait at the door at the front of the class when they arrive. Wait at the door and say goodbye and give them a little encouragement on their way out. All of those little things that form relationship that you haven't been able to do since last March. And now all of a sudden, you might be able to do that in two weeks. So from that sense of deep relief and release and joy at being able to teach again in the way that you're used to, 
stress hits. There are so many different levels and dimensions of that stress. First, of course, is your own safety. Whether you've had a vaccine or not, there are still risks. Hopefully your students are going to be getting vaccinated in the next couple weeks. We're all finding out together. But the idea of being in a closed building with old air filtration systems is not ideal. Maybe you can have some of your classes outside if it's warm enough where you are, but it's spring, no guarantee. So you're anxious. You've been so careful so far. And you're trusting the district to make sure it's safe. How can you keep your stress levels low enough? And if you're anxious, your students are probably anxious. Some of them, uh, some of my students in uh, the mindfulness class this morning, they said, I have social anxiety. I don't want to go back to school. Whether they have shyness or nervousness normally, this is a harder time. A lot of students feel like they've fallen behind. They've lost momentum. Their study habits have deteriorated. They're used to being able to go get something to drink or go to the bathroom without having to ask or be public about their every move. Many of students say that their hygiene hasn't been so good over this year. They haven't had to put themselves together and they especially love the extra sleep in the morning, not having to catch the bus or the subway, or a long walk. Some of them are really looking forward to being back in school, and some of them are nervous. They don't know what they're going to find. They don't know what their friends are going to be like. Are their friends still going to be friends with them? Are they going to be able to make new friends? And you as a teacher have to navigate all of that. It's a hard row to hoe for sure it's a hard row to hoe and even though most of us aren't farmers anymore we don't really have that experience of a hard row to hoe you can picture the ground is dry and hard and you've got to break it up with your hoe you've got to loosen the soil again so you can plant seeds you got to break up the clods of earth you got to water it. You got to carry the heavy water. That's the hard road to hoe. And that's what we're, most of us, many of us are feeling with the thought of going back to school in person. Let's think about how we can use the mindfulness practices to really keep that unnecessary anxiety at bay. We are going back. We have our jobs. And unless you're anticipating making a change for now, you'll need to follow the protocols of your district. And following those protocols is going to keep you safe, 
keep your students safe, keep your colleagues safe. And working with all of the things that we've talked about in the conscious classroom is what's going to help you keep your own inner life safe. We can move further inland so the big waves don't touch us. We're going to move to higher ground where we're going to be safe and dry. And we're going to call on those habits that we've been building. And the habits start with what we're going to choose to pay attention to. As I've often said, our thoughts, our mind is not a democracy. We can have, you know, a thousand constructive good thoughts and one crappy thought that's really loud and it can take over. But then we can decide that we're not going to pay attention to it. And we're going to shift our context and our framework so that we're choosing where to put our focus. Dialing back stress depends on building those habits of dialing back stress. And the habits start with choosing what we pay attention to. Where I live, it's a gorgeous day today. There's a beautiful pink dogwood in bloom outside my window in my neighbor's backyard. The cool sun is coming through. It's cold outside, but it's bright and crisp and clear. And it's been a heck of a day. It was a heck of a morning from as soon as, as soon as I woke up. When I go for my walk at lunch, what am I going to pay attention to? Am I going to choose to notice the beautiful, crisp, clear air? that was washed clean by that, all the rain yesterday. It's so nice in the city when the air is fresh and clear. Am I gonna notice the crab, crab apple trees in bloom and the daffodils? Am I gonna notice the brightness and lightness of spring coming in? Or am I going to spend that time dwelling on the doozy of a day that it's been and all of the issues unexpected that came from left field and who knows whatever was happening in other parts that I can't even imagine that I just woke up with on my mind. When we have the opportunity to be in a beautiful setting, even if it's one corner of beauty in a really large industrial city, making the habit to put our attention to notice beauty, grace, lightness of being, even if our emotional experience is 75% stress, worry, concern. 
we use that time to build the habit of being with goodness when we're with it. We use that time to notice and build our resilience of bouncing back from the stress so that we're really paying attention to the goodness. Of course, sometimes it's helpful to notice the problems, but the worry and anxiety of going back to teach in person can easily take up the whole screen, but not bring you any more deeper or more useful insight. Practice living life as you're living it. Practice appreciating and enjoying what's there when you're in the middle of walking through it. You'll find that you're building your resilience. You're building your sensitivity. You're building the habit of perspective and choice. When you sit in in practice, and we're going to do a little sitting right now, you're reinforcing that habit of letting go of negativity. You're reinforcing that habit of paying attention to our essential humanity, our essential human nature, our essential higher capacities. That, that beautiful and undefinable sense of being aware of being homo sapiens sapiens, doubly wise humans. When you sit in practice, you're reinforcing the habit of noticing that which is good. You're reinforcing that habit of noticing that which is liberating. And you're reinforcing that habit of noticing that which is intangible. Allow yourself to really focus when you take the time to sit in meditation. To contemplate that deeper humanity and goodness. And the third part of building positive habits. So first we noticed, then we reinforce with practice then the third part is acknowledging. Acknowledging that it was a beautiful walk. Telling your spouse or friend or child or colleague or students about it. Acknowledging the way the air was. Acknowledging the goodness. Acknowledging after your practice the effort that it took to practice the insight that you experienced, the vast field of human consciousness that you were able to rest your attention on. And when you rest your attention on that vast field of awareness, you find yourself on higher ground, you find yourself on dry ground, 
Going back to school is going to be hard. But when we build the habits of mindful awareness and positivity, when we reinforce goodness, we fill our reserves. We backfill our supply of goodness. And that helps us during those moments of stress. So let's practice putting all of the stress into the background. Let's allow the worry and anxiety about going back to school and teaching in person to take second place to that which is reassuring and good. Bring yourself into your mindfulness posture. Let your spine be tall. Give a little neck roll to loosen the tension in your neck. Shrug your shoulders up and down. Give them a shimmy. And then give yourself a hug with your left hand on your right shoulder, your right hand on your left shoulder, squeezing out the shoulder blades. Taking that tension away from your shoulders, your upper back, your neck, and your face. Squinch your face up really tight and then release. Let's do it again, and one last time. Now, if you're somewhere where you're comfortable, you can close your eyes or rest your eyes on a beautiful color or shape in the room that you're in. Allow your gaze to soften. And when you hear the bell, put your attention on the bell. Take a deep breath in and a long exhalation. And a deep breath in and a long exhalation. And a deep breath in and a long exhalation. Then allow your attention to rest on the space.
Now any worries, anxiousness, let them just drift into the background. Allow the sense of awareness to become the object of your attention, putting your focus on that quality of being awake and aware. The experience of non-separation of both vastness and closeness simultaneously. Allow yourself to rest for these few minutes. Allow your strengths to come back to the forefront, revitalizing your body, your emotions, and your mind. As you pay attention to that sense of awakeness and awareness, the feeling of being untangled, fluid, safe and free. Let yourself rest in your own sense of ease and strength without having to hold anything up, without having to defend or protect. Letting yourself be full and easy. Now take your right hand and cross it over your left leg and take your left hand and cross it over your right leg, letting your hands rest on the opposite thighs, feeling the warmth of your palms coming through your clothes. Feeling the strength and solidity 
feeling the reassurance and support. Now begin to bring your attention back to all the objects in the room around you. Noticing what you're surrounded by, reorienting yourself. You can uncross your hands. And when you hear the bell, we'll finish. You can re-listen to that anytime you're feeling stressed. Keep building the habit of being mindful, noticing positivity, practicing letting go and putting your attention on that vast expanse of awareness, the experience of space, and support, space, freedom, and intimacy and closeness, those paradoxical qualities of meditation. And acknowledge to yourself the effort that you've made, the time that you've taken, Let there be a smile on your face. Let there be joy in your heart that's unbidden. We're focusing on cultivating that inner strength for outer stability. The world may be chaotic, but you'll have that higher ground that you're standing on. Take a deep breath in and a longer exhalation. Another deep nourishing breath in and a longer release and exhalation. And a last deep breath in and a nice long exhalation. Thank you for listening. Write a comment and a review so other teachers can find the Conscious Classroom podcast. And we can together create an environment of well-being as a learning community, as a foundation for goodness, as a foundation for discovery and curiosity and as a foundation for a life well lived for ourselves. Let's be exemplars of a quality of community and education that we all know is possible. Take care of yourself, be in good health, and I will see you soon. 
Thank you for listening to The Conscious Classroom. I'm your host, Amy Edelstein. Please check out the show notes on innerstrengthfoundation.net for links and more information. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend and pass the love on. See you next time.